Hey, welcome back for the 19th episode of Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your special guest host, emphasis on special, Alan McFarland. And to my left here, we have the man. We're going to have a really big show today. Louis Rodriguez, that is. Thank you, Louis. How you doing, buddy? Doing good. Great. We have our guest here, Jeremy Hess. Special. Special emphasis on special em- emphasis on special, you know that guy especially. <laughs> exactly. How are you doing today? Doing good. Uh, excited to be a part of this. Josh has been trying. You know, he's been holding the gun to my head, like, "Hey, you, you need to come on this podcast, right? You're coming okay. on the podcast." I'm like, "Oh, hey, hey. a little bit of click." So I yet. said, "Yeah." Well, you have about an hour and a half to be less excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm excited to see how unexcited I get. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to be here. And of course, your wonderful host, who I don't want to talk up as much as I did a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's fair. Who is actually going to be bringing the message this week, Josh Cummins. And um, while we're sitting here talking, before we move on to the next thing, I think you guys need to smash that like button, share on all your favorite social media, and most importantly, subscribe. Bills are paid, guys. Yeah. Comment, comment, comment. That, yeah, what he said. We like those. Even the bad ones. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to change things up with who's leading us in prayer this week. Yeah. And we're going to put the new guy in the hot seat. It, it is very actually quite, kind of warm right here. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of warm? I, yeah, we get you close warm. to the lights. It's yeah. very close to the lights, yeah. guys. I think he sat on it first before I got here. <laughs> <laughs> Warmed things up for me. I like it. That's good. So, I, I'm grateful in certain ways. But. <laughs> so if you'd like to lead us in prayer, please. We'll do. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for bringing us through another week. We ask your blessing upon this time together. We ask your blessing upon Josh as he brings the message and uh, the subjects that we talk about. Help us to be uh, forthright. Help us to be wise on what we say. And we just want to give you all the praise and glory for all that you do in our lives and what you do in our world. And uh, just look forward to see what you have in store for us. And in always saying do, we want to give you praise in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you, sir. So, what's the topic today? Uh, so this week the title is "You Gotta Have Faith." I've heard that before. Yeah. Maybe you guys have as well. I don't know. Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. No. No, I can't no. do it. I can't do it. Don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. Oh, oh you got to think twice. I, I do have to give. I do have to give a shout out. We we typically overlook our wonderful producer back there, Sterling. You guys can't see him. He's you know, half-heartedly gotta, waving at us. But over there. can you shout Sterling for it so they can maybe hear you on the Hi. audio? Hi. Come <laughs> on. Belt it. Yeah. Belt it. It's good to be here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like he's chained to a pipe. That's because he is. <laughs> oh. oh, is he? Oh, oh. His, his ankle. I yeah. just noticed that yeah. pipe. Yeah. Good he's touch. Out. Thanks for nice. chaining him in, Cameron. We appreciate it. Nice touch. Yeah, we That's get our, we uh, give him the key if if everything goes well tonight. Assistant producer Cameron Reed, he's also in studio, uh, enjoying time with us tonight. So it's always a pleasure <laughs> to him uh, for him to join us as well. Uh, but yeah, the title uh, this week is "You Got to Have Faith." Um, so first, uh, I want us to talk about uh, the one of the elements in our, in our relationship with God, faith. Um, Jesus talked about whether people had it or not. Uh, it creates an atmosphere around our lives. Uh, Without it, it is impossible to please him. Uh, it is a game changer to our present day reality and our future hope. Uh, we are talking about faith, of course. You gotta have faith. 
Um, we hear a lot about faith, don't we? Uh, when we attend church or read the Bible, we know it's needed. However, uh, you find yourself asking, what is faith? And how can I have that faith? Uh, the Bible talks about faith in Hebrews 11, saying that it is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I'll just I'll repeat that real quick because it's, it's, it's going to come up a couple, few more times, but confidence in what we hope for and assurance about we, what we do not see. <clears throat> that is what faith is. It is that confidence in what we hope for and assurance of, about what we do not see. A life of faith is a life of confidence and assurance in God. It is very important to God that we live by faith. Why, you ask? Because he wants us to, uh, to have life and uh, live all of that it has to offer us. He is our Heavenly Father, and He wants us to have a blessed life. Only when we put our confidence and assurance in Him does He give us all that life has to offer. And this makes God happy. Um, faith isn't just about what we receive. It is about confidence that God is able. And when we trust in Him, we have confidence and assurance to believe for anything. A life of faith is a life of confidence and assurance. Faith is about a position we stand in. To live in faith is knowing I can be confident and assured. Are you confident and assured in God? Where have you lost your confidence? In man. In All man. of it. Yeah. <laughs> Every well, one of them. God gives his word and man just perverts it, right? It's true. How about you, Louie? Woman. Woman. Fair enough. Particularly press secretaries, maybe? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about that a little bit before the show. Um, So now uh, faith is assurance of things. uh, This is Hebrews 11.1. So I quote it. uh, Now faith is assurance of things hoped for and and the conviction of things not seen. Um, John uh, chapter 10, verse 10. Uh, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's a pretty powerful statement from Jesus. Because I, I, he's saying, yeah, he's giving us life abundantly. All that life has to offer. And the only thing that the thief wants is to steal and to kill and destroy. Sounds like a modern day uh, liberal, <laughs> I think, to me. <laughs> Government. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of overreach there. Mm. So see where this correlates, why this show exists? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, how do you get faith? Um, as Christians, we know we are called to have faith, uh, to be a people of faith, and to live by faith. However, sometimes we make it all about ourselves mm. and not enough about God. We think faith starts with us. We think that we get faith um, we need to get a faith to approach God. But the amazing thing about God is that he is faithful to us way before we have faith in him. We need to understand that God has already done the heavy lifting. He has gone before us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, four through 5 says, He chose us, adopted us, wanted us, well before we chose him. He loved us, and chose us first. He was faithful to us before we ever needed to be faithful and faithful to him. 
Because of this, his faithfulness towards me gives me faith. I can be filled with, uh, with faith because the God I serve is faithful. This foundation of God's uh, faithfulness gives hope. It gives me faith. <clears throat> Hebrews uh, chapter 13, verse 8 tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. He does not run hot and cold. He is loyal, committed, and firm towards us. We can find solace in that. When I know the nature of God, it gives me great faith. Faith doesn't come from striving, getting more done, achieving things. We get caught up in that sometimes. But from knowing the nature and goodness of God, we make faith about tangible results, but God makes it about knowing who he is and living from that revelation. We don't, uh, we don't live for his approval. We live from his approval. I can have faith today when I remember the nature and character of God, of the God I serve. He is faithful, so I can be faith-filled. Let that shape your faith today. <clears throat> Where have you been uh, trying to earn God's approval rather than living from God's approval? I think, I think we uh, kind of put God in a box. We want to see human standards in God, or sometimes we see human standards in God. And God is, you know, obviously he sees the inside rather than the outside. We can quickly judge. Obviously, we see a lot of that in uh, the media, Hollywood. You can get quickly judged by someone saying something or impugning your character, and you're guilty before you're proven innocent type of thing. It's it's no longer, oh, you're innocent till proven guilty. Um, but God doesn't do that he sees beyond he knows our thoughts he knows you know our ways even when we're doing things wrong he still loves us the same there's that same faithfulness that you talk about it does not change even though we feel like oh you know i just did something he must hate me or you know again that's putting god in that box and saying well he just you know because this person saw me this way that person saw me this way we think god sees us that way and that's not the case at all, you know. Almost like he's like he's on a list. Like, oh well, God's first, obviously, right? And, and second will be this or that, and the other fame, fame, and all that stuff can come after. And we forget forget about that. We we lose our way. And you, you hit the nail on the head there because Hebrews chapter thirteen verse eight. You, you almost quoted it there. It's, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Right. Forever. I was so afraid you were gonna be like, right here in this passage. People put God in a box. I was like, oh my gosh, that's in the Bible? <laughs> I mean, amazing. Ark of the Covenant would be been claimed to be so. So <laughs> it's, a, it's interesting. Um, maybe we'll go down that rabbit hole another day. Um, Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verse 20 uh, says, uh, Now to him who is able to do for more, uh, f- far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. So God can give us even more than what we think we're even asking for. And it's not that we're just like, gimme, 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 but you know, just those simple prayers of like, thank you for the another, another day, that blessing, but also, Hey, you know, while we're at it, God, you know, <laughs> here's a found turkey mountain? sandwich. Can you, can you move this mountain? And then we believe it. And when we believe it, he does it. It's pretty amazing. 
And don't forget but taking... Making a sandwich? Is that what you I said? said? <laughs> I said, God gives you another day, and that's enough of a blessing right there if that's all you're asking for. And then suddenly... There's a found turkey sandwich <laughs> or cold pizza in the, in the, in the sofa. There we go. It, you know, that, that is nice. Or you find that, that extra 20 in your pocket. Boom, right? Yeah. Old jacket, 20, $20 bill. Happened or to that. me not too long ago. Remember we was down here. We were getting ready to pack up and leave after, the, after we got done recording. And I was like, ah, money. <laughs> See? And if you're only asking for the next day, you're getting so much more. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah we talked about it on another episode, but Louis had talked about um, the, what he would do if uh, you know, whether take a million dollars if he only got to wake up one more day, or um, would he just um, go on living because it's worth more? And he said, actually, I'd go ahead and I'd take the money because think of all the people I could help in that one day. It's pretty incredible, man. Yeah. I, I still that. Yeah, I was guest hosting that day, and it was just oh man, it was amazing to hear that statement <laughs> because because a younger man would have never would have never thought of that. A less knowledgeable man. <laughs> One more thing, right, Louis? One more thing. Another thing is God, he puts us all here on earth. Yes, he does. And whenever things go wrong, we always blame God. Oh, why God, this happens to me. Why that yeah. happened to me? You know, we always blame. But God, he don't take care of our problems. He put us down here and he left us so we could do what we have to do on our own, he leads us to do what we need to do on our own. And from there on, all he cares is that you believe in him. And we have to stop blaming him for whatever we do wrong. Blaming God for people problems. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> I get that. That's, yeah. that's a good point. And I think and we, that could be a whole other message too. So yes. Thanks for the, for the inspiration that so on a future date, look for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and the good thing is we know we know that you know when we go through troubles usually that's God testing either testing our faith or we know that God already has provision for whatever you're going through already in place. He he is, you know, proactive in everything that he does. So we just go through and we think, "Oh no, trouble." And we're looking at like, you know, you know, it's the 100-foot wall that you can't get across and God's like, "Well, I got a ladder over here." Yeah. It's going to be hard, and it's not going to be easy to yeah, deal a, with it. It's but. a six-foot ladder, but it'll get you a start. <laughs> <laughs> then he's going to fly you up the rest of the way. That's you know, fair. that's, you know, <laughs> the rocket pack. But, uh, but you know, that's that's what I appreciate. You know, moving uh, yeah. when I moved down here to Indianapolis, uh, that was a big leap of faith. For those who don't know, I moved from upstate New York down to Indianapolis, uh, kind of like taking a step of faith, you know, having that mountaintop moment and uh praying to the lord in fact it was it was uh we have this place called round top and that was just a little park nice little and it was just one of those things i went up there and i just prayed about it and i said lord you know this is where i feel like i need to go and if this is where you want me then you got to take take the reins take the wheel on this you know as a step Jesus of faith take the wheel yeah yeah and i didn't know how it was going to turn out you know it's like i could have come down here and things could have gone horrible and uh i would end it up back in new york which i don't think a lot of people want to go to new york right now but no. <laughs> uh especially new yorkers but especially uh, anyways, the elderly yeah <laughs> no about literally a, yeah talk about a gun to the head yeah but you lived in a better place than what i lived yeah i was raised in the bronx oh see yeah they so, definitely don't want to go there yeah <laughs> but it was just no job opportunities uh 
you know, there was just a lot of stuff going on in my life at that time. And I moved down here. And like I said, uh, I moved here in June of 2016. I had a job by July 5th of 2016. And I've held constant employment since then. So to me, that is like, you know, God kind of answering that prayer. Like, yeah, this is what I had provided for you. You just had to take that step of faith and know. And now that I'm working with Josh, so, throw, you know, shout out, shout out to my buddy Josh. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is the job that I was, I've been looking to get. And again, it was just everything has fallen into place the way it's supposed to. And I'm looking at it like, wow, I couldn't have planned this better if I tried, you know. It was like, you know, throwing a dart. But the Lord, it's like, I already got this taken care of, you know. Yeah. So, you know, faith, faith rewarded. And, yeah, I've had my struggles here. I still have struggles. But yet I'm more constant in, like you said, not getting angry with God. It's like yeah. that's not God throwing trouble your way saying, oh, I'm going to trip him up now. That's God allowing things to happen because, hey, we live in a fallen world. Bad things happen to everybody, you know. And if you're trusting in the Lord, he's got provision to get you through those difficult times. That's so. right. Certainly. Life ain't easy. Exactly. Certainly isn't. And you making that leap of faith. That's faith in action. Right. Yeah. That was like Abraham saying, well, God's telling him, hey, we're going to go to this place. You're not going to know anybody. You're not going to know where you're going. I knew where I was going, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, hey, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, you had no idea what you're getting into. No, I didn't. Yeah. And then I met this guy. I'm like, oh, man, what did I, what did I <laughs> give myself? You still don't know what you got in <laughs> no, I don't know either. <laughs> He's got a while before he really finds <laughs> out. <laughs> my, my, favorite, my favorite thing is to talk to somebody from a coast. Like from a major city, because one of my friends came from Los Angeles here. Oh man! And he was like, "I'm going to." I'm, basically, one of his friends said, "I'm going to go join a racing team," and he's like, "Okay, I'm going with you, just blindly, right?" They flew here, and then they were flying. They're like, "We're approaching, you know, Indianapolis International," and they looked down. They're like, "It's a forest. Like, <laughs> where's this airport?" <laughs> so I, I love talking to people who come from like big cities. I mean, our city isn't small, but when you right. come into it from all around yeah. the city, it looks like a, like a forest. <laughs> See, I've been to where Louis's at. You know, I've been to New York City, and I've seen big city. Um, I lived in San Diego, and that's, like, small town big city. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's very spread out, I guess. So, you know, you see that, and it's just, like, it's overwhelming. Like, New York City can get overwhelming. Uh, if you're walking around, it's, like, just, a, it was just a mass of people. And Indianapolis is, like, mini version of New York. Like there's traffic, but not New York traffic. <laughs> right. There's a lot of people, but not New York City hey, people. It's just not it's, the same. You forget about it, you know. <laughs> but I mean it's just amazing. Like I said, you know, it's a big city. A lot of things can happen in a big city and a lot of things could go wrong. But obviously the Lord has saw fit that, hey, this is where I want you, this is where I need you. And uh good church family, um, good friends that I met. And in a very brief amount of time, I met, like, most of the friends that I know now. Yeah. And it's just, like, you know, strong friendships that just carry on. And that's, to me, that's, uh, it's overwhelming sometimes. And like you said, thanking God, hey, man, I'm, I'm breathing today. I'm getting out of bed and I'm walking, you know. And that's just, you know, praise him for the small things, praise him for the big things. And a lot of times, praise him for the unseen things. You know, those times where you're driving and you look and there's this big accident where you would have been driving. You're like, ah, it could have been me, you know. Yeah, that's you why I was a few know. minutes late today. Yeah, yeah see. I find myself getting infuriated. I'm late. <laughs> I, want, I want to drive fast, you know. Yeah. Oh, but, see. Oh, <laughs> you, you talk about being thankful it wasn't you. I'm like, ha! 
<laughs> Wasn't me. You missed me. <laughs> Try again. That's why it's like running away from bullets, <laughs> running away from gunfire. You, you zigzag. I zigzag a little bit, and I'm like, <laughs> missed me. Sorry. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, of speaking that. of getting uh, shot at in New York City, we do we do live in hard times. Yeah, um, definitely. And because of that, we need our faith more than ever before. Uh, when the world around us is pulling us in so many different directions, we need to return uh, daily to the faithfulness of God, mm-hmm. uh, reminding ourselves who he is and who we are in him. We need to set uh, self-pride aside and declare that we are his. Uh, we need to remind ourselves of the goodness of God. He is faithful to his promises and loving to all he has made. He was faithful to us. He chose us and accepted us. Uh, his plans for us are good, and his plans for us are to experience life to its fullest. However, uh, we are reminded that becoming uh, a follower of Jesus doesn't mean that the absence of trial uh, doesn't mean, doesn't mean the absence of trials. Uh, tri- we just talked about trials, <laughs> and so trials g- uh, uh, give us the ability to respond with faith. As we embrace trials, we can grow in our perseverance, and our uh, our character grows, and our faith grows. Uh, trials are an opportunity uh, to use our faith as a counterattack to the arrows of the enemy. The greatest weapon we have in our arsenal of faith is Scripture. When we speak and declare the Scripture in the midst of our trials and challenges, the atmosphere around us changes. We can shift the atmosphere with our faith. Did you know that even Jesus faced challenges to his faith? He experienced pain and displayed emotion. His example is an example to us of how we can respond when challenges, uh, when challenges to our faith come. We can remove the obstructions and speak life. you got to have faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Um, Mark chapter 11, verses 22 through 24. And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says this mountain be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt it in his heart, but believes uh, believes what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. That's really powerful. Um, Psalms uh, chapter 145, verse 13 Song of David. Uh, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. Which aspect of faith is most challenging for you, and where do you think you need to grow? It's a question yeah definitely we have to look <laughs> inward there um that was the point of it yeah, uh, certainly just like those arrows yes i was sorry when i was listening to that i'm i'm buying a little time here while everybody's thinking but when i was thinking about it, it was like you know the best defense against this is um scripture i was thinking of someone holding like a tablet of the ten commandments completely blocking arrows with it it was just kind of my that's what my brain's doing while you're talking yeah i'm like oh yeah no one's getting through that yeah, Sorry. Certainly. Well, I mean, it was made of stone, so arrows versus stone. Right. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not good gonna for happen. defense and attack, too. Exactly. 
<laughs> Short range attack. Well, you know, you could throw it at him. I mean, that might lessen the life on it, <laughs> according to what we've seen from Moses, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, we, well, we need to grow on his son, being a father, being a husband, mm-hmm. learning how to teach our kids to do right from wrong and other stuff like that is what we need to learn how to grow and be good and have the faith in God. So being good men of God, yeah. essentially being a good man in general. See, and I think what, what we, what you guys talk about primarily or what you hear about most is like politics and America and how it affects, you know, the social fabric that we see in our country. And for me, I think that's, you talk about, you know, where, where do you find your struggle according to faith? And a lot of times you see what's going on in the, you know, in the news media, because a lot of what you see in the news media is like thrown in your face. Like it's like this everywhere. And it's really not, it's like minimal, but they make it seem like it's just this big giant, you know, gorilla in the room, you know, where it's really just a mouse. But, you know, for me, that's my struggle is trusting that the Lord is going to see us through this, you know, all the bad stuff that we see going on in our country and how, you know, race relations are, you know, just really, you know, everyone's kind of on edge. And, uh, you know, how, like I said, how it's portrayed by the media and by the government and seeing that and, you know, people are just lying straight out. And it's like you just want to call them out on everything. <laughs> like, yes. okay, I need to say something or do something. And it's like, nope. You know, my dad's the one that says, you know, I, I feel the same, but I just you have to trust that the Lord's got this. He's going to take care of things. It's like, yeah, but, and he's like, no, 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 we got to trust the Lord. But, yeah, but, no, 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 no. You talk about it, then you take a deep breath, and you let it go, you know. So it's like, yeah, fine, all right. But there's a lot of truth in that, you know, and seeing. So what you you're know, saying is that people could grow by watching this show <laughs> and subscribing so that they can see oh, it every week. Abso- uh, absolutely. I mean, that's a great view there, buddy. I, I love where you're coming <laughs> with that. Um, so subscribe, <laughs> watch it, share it, force every. No, don't force them. <laughs> Just no, tell them we're to. We're not the federal government here. Come on. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, and I, I think kind of um, where I could be better in faith is. Kind of what we talked about earlier, actually, it's the point you made about people, people personify God, mm-hmm. right? And the problem is, I'm, I'm not any better about that than anyone else. And so when you personify God, but then you also don't trust people, mm. you see that? <laughs> so yeah. one becomes, they, they become one and the same, right? Oh, yeah. So if you're like, all right, well, God holds me to this standard because other people hold me to the standard. He views me this way because other people or people in general, from my perspective, view me this way. Mm but I don't trust those people that maybe I don't trust God. And in, and in certain ways, not having that faith, I do have faith. I, I do believe in God, but not having that faith has allowed me to push myself going, okay, I, I don't have, I don't have that, that kickstand. I don't have that crutch back there. If, if for some reason I fail, he's not going to pick me up because I don't trust him because I don't trust people and I'm personifying God. Right. Mm. And so um, I think I could be better in the, in that way, I should just say in that way yeah. of actually just saying, you know, maybe it's okay. Maybe it's okay to fail because regardless of what's tan, what I think is tangible, they're, they're material goods. It's, yeah. it's something that at the end of the day, God's not really going to care too much about. Right. Yeah. 
and to, to that point, Alan uh, actually just read, read that scripture just a minute ago. So um, that whole falling and and it's all on you. It's like God had faith has faith in you well before you have faith in Him. We read it right out of the scripture, so yeah. we we can go we can go in with that confidence, that assurance. I told you those words are going to be important, right? Um, <laughs> you only said it 16 times. 16 times. Just 16 times. Just one Just one make more. it on, put it on a t-shirt okay. um, at one this point. One more time. Could you assure yeah. me that you said it 16 <laughs> times? You can be confident in that. <laughs> Since it's episode 19, you got to do it at least 19 times. So a little catching up to do on that. Um, so yeah. tell me, do you think God hears all of us I like what at Louis the same does time? No. No, that's why he made angels, right? We all have angels, and we tell our angels what we feel, and they go and tell God. They're messengers. Yes, yeah. they're our messengers. Yeah. So we also have to have faith in them to bring the message to God and hope God hears us through them. When you're, when you're saved um, by Christ through faith, he, he hears you, certainly. And, uh, you know, whether the, the angel is the messenger or God's ears next to you at that, in that moment, because he is omnipresent and he's everywhere. He can, he can totally listen to you anytime. But um, either way, if you have faith that the message is going through to God, he's hearing it. And not only uh, is he hearing it, but he's actively pursuing what you're asking him. But there's a lot of millions of people, billions well, a lot of people are asking. Hey, let Could me let God me win the scratcher all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people do ask a lot of the things at the same time, and so yes, uh, but that's that's the greatness of God. He he can he can do he can multitask. Yeah, I I will say this though because I've heard you know missionaries talk about situations where, or I mean not even missionaries, just people in general, like a gentleman walking into a hell's fire or a hell's fire. Well. <laughs> I mean, pretty close, but Hell's Angels Club. And, you know, at first he's like, what am I doing? You know, it's like, why did you send me here, Lord? Um, and it was basically the Lord saying, you need to talk to somebody. You need to talk to this guy. And he walked in this bar, and he got these looks from all these Hell's Angels, and he's probably heard all the stories. And he just, oh, I'm, I'm dead. He had that feeling. And then everybody just kind of went back to what they were doing. And he was like, Okay, so he went and talked to this gentleman he felt like the Lord was leading him to talk to. And uh, later on, that gentleman got saved, and he said, you know, I have a question. I know that you guys, anybody that is not part of that that group, walking into that bar, you're, you're basically signing your death warrant. So how did I survive that? He said, well, when you came in, there was this guy who followed you in, and this dude looked like he, would, he could, you know, chew nails. Yeah. And he's like, no, there was no one that came in to that bar with me. So, again, it was, if you talk about angels, you know, walking among us, that was one of those moments that was like, wow, that's pretty powerful. And I've heard of other stories of angels doing some, you know, God sending these angels specifically to protect or guide someone. Um, most recently was when those missionaries, I don't know if you heard about the missionaries that were stuck down in Haiti, had been kidnapped by um, uh, a group of, I mean, it's bad down in Haiti. My brother and his wife are missionaries down there. Currently cannot go back into the, to, to the country because it's just bad. 
very bad. But uh, these missionaries were down there. They had basically closed the country, saying, you know, we don't have uh, we don't have an embassy down there. Um, these people didn't get out in time. They were kidnapped by this, you know, band of thugs and guys with guns, obviously. Yeah. And uh, I and we prayed, you know, a whole group of people. Um, my brother and sister knew of them, um, had interacted with them a couple times, and they said, you know, just pray. And they released, I think, five people at one point. And then they said one night this group said, hey, they're not guarding us. No one's watching us. And they said, they just had this feeling, hey, get out of here now. And so they got up, walked out into the jungle, nowhere, said, hey, I think we recognize that hill. And it was just, you know, one of those things where you hear the story and it's just like, there's, you know, how much had to happen for them to be able to get out of there and find a safe haven so where they could be extradited or get out of there. Something that's seemingly impossible. Yeah. Impossible. And again, it's like Paul, you know, Paul saw us in the jail or people that walked out of the jail and the guards are like, no, the doors are locked. How did they do this? And it was one of those moments where it was just, they got out. And of course, you know, the bandits are, oh, we let them, we let them go. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, you sure didn't. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Believe that they'll tell you another one. But I mean, it's just, again, that's God putting angels, maybe not visually, but God, definitely directing them saying, Hey, and you know, there's a bunch of stuff you could walk into down in, you know, jungles of Haiti and they got through safe. No one got injured. No one, no one was severely, you know, there were malnutrition, there was malnutrition, but nothing, you know, and to me, that's a miracle right there. That's God putting angels in that position saying, just get them out of there, direct them out of there. And it's amazing, amazing to hear stories like that and say, Go back to that. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And forever. So the angels we hear about in the Bible are the same angels that we see interacting and helping people through various issues or protecting them. And I've driven a couple of times on 465. I know God's, and I know <laughs> there's some angels probably working overtime, like tag team in it. But uh, that's the highway that's system here in Indianapolis for those who are. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's it's um. It's crazy. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially just a giant racetrack. Yeah, yeah big if circle you're, around the city circle. of Indianapolis. If you're going 10 miles over, you're still going too slow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's amazing how God, you know, watches over my brother. And I came back from, he came back from Iraq. I came back from Kuwait. You know, we didn't, we weren't, you know, injured. We weren't killed. We didn't, we haven't really suffered too much with regards to our experiences over there. So, again, that's God's hand protecting us and uh, my grandpa told me some stories too it's like he should have should have not made it but yeah he did and i mean it's got to be god he had a yeah i know he had a mother and a father that prayed and uh so it's just amazing you know where you can look back at your family's life and say well you know that person shouldn't be alive or that should have that should have been the end of the story right there and it's and they're still there you know absolutely so whether they put faith in God or not, I have faith. And so, therefore, I'm going to pray for them if I feel like, hey, they're going through a rough time or going through difficulty or just I felt like I needed to pray for that person. And usually that's God saying, hey, this person needs prayer. And, again, I've heard stories of people going through a bad time over in the mission field. Something bad's about to happen, and it's just, how, how did I get out of that? And Oh, well, this person said, hey, I was praying for you at this time. You know, on this day, and it's like, wow, 
you know. Yeah, that's when I hit you. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, I, and it's across the world, you know, not just like down the streets, like across the world. And yet they prayed for you at about the same time you were facing off against this. So that's, that, those are, that's incredible, man. Yeah. And I'm happy you actually kind of went in on family there because our next portion here. There you go. <laughs> excellent. Awesome perfect transition. Perfect transition there, buddy. Nice segue. Um, impactful moments with family. Hmm. So who wants to start us off? I uh, I think I can do that. You think you can? I, think I can. I All think right. I can. I believe in you, <laughs> Josh. The little engine Jackal. that could. <laughs> I believe in you, sir. So uh, this. I think I think this week I'll, I want to take a chance to to talk about my grandma. Um, okay. And uh, you and I actually talked about this the other night. So it's it, so it's it's kind of funny. I thought well, I think it was you and I that talked, but maybe it was it was Jeremy and I. No, I get confused. it wasn't I'm a busy me. Guy wasn't me. Uh, it was me. No. What? what <laughs> Fine, I'll take I'll take I'll Fine. take credit for that. I was having a conversation about about my grandmother. <laughs> he never someone. talks to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we only hang out all the time. Um, uh, <laughs> check out Laughing Libertarian. I'm on my heels. Yes, Jack. Uh, yes, do check out Laughing Shameless Libertarian. Shameless plug. Subscribe to that. Comment on the the videos. Uh, share it. You know. And, and no, that's the only time Josh talks to me. Yeah. <laughs> do you I, laugh a lot? No. <laughs> oh, it's an ironic name. I like yes. it. That's it's more that's, of a yeah. hip, it's more of a conservative hipster show. Oh, gotcha. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry about yeah, your grandma. It's like yeah. when we uh, call Louis Biggie. You know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, and I'm Smalls. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, like Josh, t- tell tell us about your grandma since I haven't heard about this yet. Okay. Now, do you have a so, special name for your grandma? Uh, or did you just so, call her grandma? Uh, so I always just. Called her. We had we had like most people we had two grandmas growing up. Um, so we had uh, my dad's mom, Grandma Moore, and then my mom's mom, Grandma Cummins, because the last name. So, um, but yeah, I spent a lot of time with my grandma Cummins, my mom's mom. I'd spend, I'd, I didn't hang out with my friends a whole lot on the weekends, although when we were, when I was smaller, I hung out with this guy across the table, Alan, a lot when we were kids. But on the weekends, it was time to go be with grandma. And uh, Alan can sure appreciate time with grandma because uh, I know that he stayed a lot with his grandma. And that's that's how I met him is because he was staying at his grandma's when. when <laughs> Grandma's right the across time. the street. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right across the street from my the house I grew up in. He'd wow. bail on me every weekend. <laughs> those <laughs> those women must be, they got halos then. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. yes. Um, amazing. Made women. of both, stone. Both, <laughs> both of them, they had to put up with this. But both yeah. of us. Is it, um, Steel. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> Um, they certainly had faith. You can tell, you can, uh, they, That's they can awesome. be confident and yep. have assurance in that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, um, in particular, uh, grandma bringing me to church as a, mm-hmm. as a kid, um, God rest her soul. She passed away in 2019. Yeah. Um, but I know my, my parents brought me a lot to church and everything. And so did my other grandma, but because it was her and I, I don't know what it was. I just had such an attachment to her in particular. And I think, I think that was God driven. Yeah. Um, because um, I would pay attention in church when I was with her. I didn't really pay attention when I was like with mom and dad. It's like I'm hanging out with my brother crawling underneath the pews. And Is that the impact we're talking about? The impact, exactly. She said, pay attention. Um, she well, sat behind no, you, didn't she? She, she never <laughs> never actually had to raise her hand. up. No, she did. I had to whoop my brother with a, a plastic paddle one time, and he just laughed. <laughs> so that was pretty comical because uh, that made her mad because he, he was still laughing the whole time. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, James, I told a story on you, and uh, you're not here to defend yourself. Oh. Um, but you'll have to come on the show to do that. Okay. Oh. Um, Challenge. Yes. Oh. Spicy. 
and spicy. <laughs> I, can, I can feel the heat. <laughs> Hopefully, he's watching. <laughs> Uh, but no, that that it just that had a huge impact impact on me. She would she would open her Bible and she would um, place it between us so that she could, and she would point with her finger and show me exactly where she was in the Bible. Um, Wait, where the, she was in the Bible? Where where she was reading in the Bible? How old was your grandma? <laughs> <laughs> nice. No older than yours. And <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Alan almost did a spit taking just, just about to swallow water. Just about man. Just about. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that, that had a huge impact on me, uh, her taking me to church and taught me, uh, how to have faith, just watching her, um, because she had a huge faith, a huge faith. And, uh, you could say it was huge. Um, huge. yeah. And she was so kind always, uh, even when she's, she's, her, the Alzheimer's started taking on uh, a rather strong part of her, um, she would always smile to greet anyone who come in the room, even if she didn't know you, or maybe she, maybe you were her family, but then she forgot you. She would still, hi, honey, regardless of who it was coming in that room. And she just lit up the room every time. That's who she was. And that had a strong impact on me and who I wanted to be. Um, and I, I also, um, uh, now I know I was talking with you about this. Yeah, I talked you about, were. Um, yeah, I remember that. now. I talked about my, my granny. This is, this is my, on my father's side. Right. Um, that's my, um, my dad's grandma. That's, right. that's who gra- granny was on that side. And she um, was a great woman. She was one of those people. She lived down in Tennessee, and so we, we didn't get to see her that much. But when we did get to see her, she always had a huge impact as well, just like grandma. Uh, she was a woman of faith, hmm. um, certainly a woman who prayed. Um. And we usually, when we got down to Tennessee to go visit, we were getting there at two or three o'clock in the morning. And my brother and I were, you know, usually anywhere between, I don't know, four all the way up and through in our teens when we get down there twice a year to visit. And she'd go, honey, do you want some biscuits and gravy? Uh-huh. Honey, do you want uh, bacon and sausage? Uh-huh. I bet a little pork chop on the side. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she was just always so kind. And that, that was another woman, uh, the women in my life tend, tend to have shaped me just as much as the men ever did. Right. Um, so I, I thank God for putting those good, strong, uh, women of faith in my life mm. and, uh, really showing me the way and had a huge impact. Nice. I like it. I mean, I'll go next. I mean, I'm host. I kind of feel like I'm supposed to go last, but but if you guys want to swing back, right. hey, let's do if this. You got, if you got something, let's now. do this. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> That's right. It's go time. Go time. It's go time. Anyway, <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> Confidence and assurance in that. Absolutely. <laughs> we don't hold anything back here. No, it's it's all energy. <laughs> let's go. All right. So <laughs> I think the, I wouldn't say the greatest impact. Of course, everybody in my family has put has made impacts here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but my uncle. Uncle Wade actually kind of stepped up. We were in a, in a really rocky spot when I was about 15. My freshman year of high school, we moved around a bunch. I think I went to four different schools the first semester mm. of freshman year. Mm. So luckily, I'm outgoing. So I was able to make <laughs> friends every month when I changed schools. Yeah. Nice. Um, and I landed there. And out of nowhere, like it was Christmas, I had just finished up with my fourth school. And we were having Christmas dinner. And he didn't have, he didn't have kids, never had kids. Um, Kind of uh, did his own thing and 
we were talking about, my mom was talking about it. I had, had an offer on the table for me to go stay with a friend's family. They were like, Hey, our house is open. He'll have a stable home. We'll pay for everything. It was a pretty good setup. Uh, I was going to get to play basketball because I wasn't going to have to worry about any of my bills being paid. Um, <laughs> things that I was going to get to, you know, try to shoot for my scholarship that I wanted. There you go. Uh, but instead, uh, mom didn't really want to go that route. She wanted to keep me in the family. Uh, which makes me sound like an heirloom. <laughs> we got to keep this in the family. Here's your Alan. <laughs> we can pass him off later. <laughs> so my uncle, the, the guy who really didn't have a solid relationship with me for my childhood years, who didn't have kids, who lived on his own, who just basically worked and went home, and that's that was his life, came in and said, you know what, I'll take him in. And uh, he can live with me, and, and you know, he'll have a nice, stable home. Nothing's going to change. And, yeah, I mean – the impact he had on me was, I mean, first of all, taking me out of that situation. Yeah. And in no way, shape, or form is that me talking about it, about my mother. It was just life at that time. Yeah. It was, she was it was she was everywhere. It was all over the place just because life was hard for her to, to manage at that time. And, um, you know, he was not a wealthy guy at all. I mean, he really made, he barely made ends meet, but he did. And that's why he went straight to work and straight home. <laughs> um, but he brought me in. And, and not only did he, he saved me from having to, he moved around a million times, but he also taught me a lot of things about money and money management. And, um, he got me the job that I had for 19 years, you know, and he, yeah. when I needed a job out of high school, I, I graduated early thinking I was going to take the world, um, by, I would, storm. by storm. <laughs> exactly. I was like, man, I'm going to college this fall. I need to make every dollar I can so I can right. pay for it. Yeah. Um, he got me my first job and my first job, but he got me my first job out of high school, uh, because I, quit my job so I could graduate early in high school. I was like, ah, I'm, I need to graduate early, get rid of this stupid little job. I'll get a bigger job full time. And we're talking 2001, 2002. So right after all the bad stuff happened. Uh, <laughs> so not a whole lot of places were hiring, but he got me a job and I stayed there for 19 years. Wow. Um, so he had a massive impact on my early life. I mean, from my early adulthood, between teaching me how to manage my money, teach me how to make smart decisions, teaching me that you don't get yourself in any kind of financial obligation that you personally need someone else to help you with. You know, don't buy a house that you need someone else's money to take care of the mortgage, no matter who that person is. But again, he didn't trust people, right? So there's that whole whole foundation of not trusting people, allowing you to try to build yourself up with that distrust. And you pick up on things. I mean, obviously, you have when you have a lot of respect for somebody, you're going to pick up certain characteristics or traits from that person. Right. Um, regardless of how long you're with that person, if they're they have that huge impact in your life, some characteristics, good, some bad, right, are gonna you know filter off on you. You know, I mean, whether you come from a stable home or you come from you know single parent home, uh, but it's I mean still like you said, it was your formative years, obviously, and just being having that stability to stay in one area, right. That's that's something. You know, I I can say we stayed in our area the whole from elementary school on up to high school. And, yeah, I sometimes didn't want to be at the high school or that junior high, but, you know, that stability, you know, we talk about privilege. For me, that was a privilege. It was a privilege to be have, have been raised by a mother and a father, and I recognize that, and I, you know, I'm grateful for that. You know, I try to understand. Uh, I, I've had friends who came from single-parent homes, and, you know, they've had their struggles. I mean, I can't say I have haven't had my struggles, but, you know, still you have that one person. Sometimes it's relative. Sometimes it's a close friend. Sometimes it's close friend's parent 
that says, hey, I'm going to invest some time into you. I'm going to put this time into you. And obviously those lessons stuck with you then. I mean, and the other thing was one last little thing, and I'll, I'll get off my soapbox here, That's, which is weird being the host. Uh, I'm supposed to be on a soapbox the whole time. One more thing. One more thing. It was a simple fact that, like, he basically told me, you know, I, I mean, I came from a home of welfare, food stamps, things like that. So there was nothing, there was never plenty, and there was nothing that was plentiful. But I always thought he was doing better than us. And for him to go, okay, well, you're going to be old enough to work here in a few weeks or whatever. You better get a job. You know, no, I'm not buying you a car. I'm not paying your insurance. I'm not even going to put you on my insurance. You're going to have to figure that out. So by the time I hit 18, by the time I was on my own, by the time I went to college, whereas my friends were feeling it out and a lot of them were struggling, like I didn't take on any financial issues. I, I had no problems with this stuff. And it wasn't like I was living in abundance, but my friends were buying sports cars, right? <laughs> right? They, they, they were buying sports cars and, and doing all these crazy things. And then they, those sports cars, you know, vanished three months later when they couldn't make the payments and I was driving a beater, but I knew how to work on it. And, you know, I kept my payments, everything. These are the core things he taught me that, that really taught me it's the long game. It's the long game. It's the long, it's the long game. Unfortunately, like he's pretty much lived the long game the whole time, right? Like he's never been like, you know what? Today's the day I get the vet. (laughs) He's like, like, "Eh, maybe we get the rust spot sanded off the truck. Like, (laughs) so, so anyway, yes, that's, that's the, one of the biggest impacts of my life. Nice. So, you guys, shut me up, please. I'll let Louie take it since I'm the I'm the I'm the new guy. Ooh, look at the altruistic guys. <laughs> Both of them doing this. <laughs> the New Yorkers. Yeah. New Yorkers. Right. Well, Forget I, about it. I never had nobody to <laughs> help me out in anything. I was poor. I was raised. All I had was my mother, and um, I was doing a lot of bad things and. She must have been one of those spiritual women that she saw the devil in me, and every time I did something wrong, she would beat the living daylights out of me and take the devil out of me. That's impact. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And um, multiple impacts. Now I was I was older. My aunt always tried to help me out with something or a job or something or my uncle. But That's cool. This is the part we haven't heard about. But besides that, that was just about it. See, I haven't heard a whole lot about your aunt and uncle. Well, Believe aunt, me, we heard about the impact your mom yeah. put on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> One of the other episodes, man. Yeah. Woo! Uh, I got hit with everything. Baseball bat, <laughs> sticks, everything. Oh, man. Pension cords. Now, my mother, she was, she was rough on us. But she was alone, so she had to be tough. And a lot of times I was running around with gangs and all that, so... She had to be real tough with me, and uh, my uncles. They my one my a lot of my uncles had money and they had stores and grocery stores and a lot of times they used to take me in, help me and give me jobs. And, but That's I cool. had so many problems. I used to just leave. <laughs> mm. Never stayed in the store very long. And I thought I wasn't making enough anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um. My aunt, she helped me out a lot when I was um, married and got divorced. I had a lot of problems then when my wife left me and took the kids and came to Indianapolis because she was raised and born here. And um, back then I wasn't having no jobs, but my aunt gave me to work and she helped me out a lot. And she, and I learned a lot from her and my uncle that 
no husband. I learned from them, and that's when I started picking myself up. That's cool. That's cool to see that transition. That is really cool to see that. That's impact. That's impact right there. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You got away from that life, obviously. So, I mean, that makes makes a big difference when you have someone that says, I see worth in you and tries to help you in small ways or big ways, you know. Weekly, we are peeling back that onion. (laughs) <laughs> right the layers little by little layers i and didn't know about aunt and uncle to today <laughs> <laughs> right no, I just like that, you louis. jeremy uh louis is a transplant from new york yeah so fellow new yorkers yeah Ugh. meet a couple of them here and there i mean hi guys <laughs> i didn't bring my politics to indianapolis though so you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> well you my politics a, my <laughs> politics would be they're kosher here yeah i was gonna say you're very midwestern <laughs> we were in yeah your, yeah, we were making. we were the we were the redheaded stepchild. The no, red, no, the red meant the red voting stepchild. Yeah, we were. Yeah, definitely. We, we were. Nice. We we uh, we didn't. We weren't the popular vote. <laughs> Let's just say that, right? Not the popular vote. Anymore. Well, welcome to the only blue square in our state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I see how it goes in near in Indianapolis compared to New York. So, yeah. Um. So impact. Yeah. Uh. I mean, I had a couple families growing up. Um, my Obviously, my direct family was my family. It was my parents. Um, we lived right next door to my grandparents. It was like a duplex. So uh, I had my mom and dad, and then I had my grandma and grandpa next door, and then, of course, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins, and all that. Um, but I had also had a church family that was very important to me that uh, helped me stay and keep grounded. Uh in the Bible, in the Word, in prayer. Um, as far as impact, um, my parents, I mean, it was, I always lump my parents and my grandparents together because they were both there, present in my life. Um, outside of my home life, things weren't kosher. You know, I had, uh, I didn't fit in. I was kind of the oddball out. So uh, I didn't have friends. Um, I was kind of the outsider, you know, that people love to, you know, those people that people love to make fun of and all that other stuff and kind of put you into this, put you into this box. It says, well, this is what you are. This is what you look like. This is what you, you know, this is how you dressed. When I got home, it didn't matter, though. My parents, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, all treated you like, all treated me like you're part of this. You're part of this family. And so having that, um, it was my grandma and grandpa were stable. They weren't Christians per se, but their values were very definitely Christian. Um, You could tell that they loved each other. They drove each other crazy, (laughs) but that goes for everybody. Um, But they stayed together. They were faithful to each other. Um, Grandpa worked. Grandma worked all their lives, you know, until my grandma retired, until my grandpa retired. But, you know, my grandpa was one of those guys that just, he always had something going. He had to be doing something. It wasn't just sit still. And now that I'm in my 40s, I can see a lot of that in me, too. It's like I can sit still for a while, but after a while, it's like, okay, I need to do something, you know. Yep. To, I have to go do something for the church, you know, do something for others that, you know, isn't just self-serving. What's the next project? Yeah, exactly. And obviously my dad's very much like that. And so, like, what I see on my gramp and what I see in my dad and what I see in myself, it all lines up, you know. 
And obviously, we celebrated Mother's Day. So my grandpa passed uh, back in 2016, August 2016. He passed. Um, my grandma's still here and my mom. So I celebrate them as well because, um, you know, having a mom and a dad, mother figure, father figure, all together was just, it. I, I mean, I can see other people's lives and I'm, and I want to be grateful for that. I don't want to take that for granted. Give you a step up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when people talk about privilege, I do. I do consider that a privilege. And I also consider it a privilege that I had that, those people in my life. And they, you know, when I went to the Marines and my brother later on, uh, that had that connection. And I have a favorite picture of my grandpa and me after I just graduated from boot camp. And it's, you can see my gramps face instead of my you just see my back but he's hugging me and that picture is like one of my favorite pictures i don't know who took it but it's like one of those pictures that just sticks with you i'll bring it some point but uh but my dad's very much like that too you know so every characteristic that you see in my grandparents you see my parents even though my mom uh was not biologically their daughter i never saw any difference between how they treated her to how they treated my dad and so it was just that level of respect that meant a, made a big impact in my life because I tried to pe- treat everybody like that. I tried to see everybody for the value that I, I don't even see, maybe because I've just met them. But that's how that's how I try to look at people. I don't look at skin color. I don't look at all these other characteristics that people will say, oh, look at that person that... It's like, no, I've been there. I've been in that place, and it hurts. It hurts to a deep level that just impacts you not only now but later on down the road. So how do I change that? And I could see you talk about, you know, what we struggle with. And one of those things is I struggled with treating other people based off of how I was treated when I was younger. And that's just when you're young and stupid. and You're just like, oh, I'm just joking around and making fun, but it's like, mm-hmm. Was it really just making fun, or did that have a negative impact on that person? Oh, crap. That's my whole show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, spoiler alert. Sorry about that. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. But if you like so, that hey, kind of stuff, you know, go over to Laughing Libertarian and you know, <laughs> subscribe and stuff. But it's but for me, that's the that's the impact that I, I appreciate, you know, is that being able to look at others and love them, you know, like Jesus loves us, you know, um, and, you know, work hard. Like you, like your uncle did showed you. It's like, yeah, if you want it, work for it. You know, my grandpa was his favorite quote was, and my dad's favorite quote was, "If it's free, question it." You know, that's what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's free, it's not free. It costs somebody somewhere something. Yeah. That's 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 one of the lines that sticks with me. One of those things that sticks with me. So yeah, um, big impact by having my parents and grandparents right there, and. You know, you just learn to appreciate family for what it is, you know. And, I mean, we, we would, I bring friends, you know, friends and other, other people that I knew, and they, my parents' family just op- welcomes them with open arms. And, yep. you know, they get to see what I got to experience. And to me, that's just like, you know, again, that's a gift from God that I don't, I never try to take it for granted. And now that I'm down here, I'm separated from my parents up in New York, my brother and his wife and my niece and nephew out in West Virginia. So it's like that time that I had, you know, over Mother's Day weekend where I got to go to West Virginia and my parents were down at the same time. It's special. It's, it's you know, I appreciate that more and more because I don't have that 
as constant as I did when I was growing up. Yeah. So, you know, not taking life for granted. I guess that's the big, the big thing, you know, treating others the way you would be, you want to be treated and just appreciating what you have, you know, appreciating those people Absolutely. that made, you know, such that such a big impact. Well, I think God so. sent you down to, in, to Indiana in particular, so you could meet your rest of your family. Yeah. Cause we're, yeah. you know, yeah, you got some family right here. Yeah, and and I, I appreciate it. And I don't know whether to say thank you or you're welcome. I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find that out. Yeah, we'll figure that out we'll as it goes along. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I, I think we're getting to that. I'm, I'm getting to like, yeah, I could do this again, maybe. Maybe. I think, I think he's, he's an hour in. He's still excited. Um, there, there's a smile on his face. That's, yeah, so that's yeah, always a good it thing. It could be fake, but, you know. <laughs> speak, that, that smile is fake news. You know. <laughs> Adverse oh, the joy that looked that look on his face, yeah. like oh why why. <laughs> All right, Alan. Sorry. Well, yeah. To the opposite of of growing your family and growing our family, let's uh, let's move on to politics and Woo-hoo. and Jen Saki want to talk about um, Basaki. abortion pro- and protest. Right? Let's we want to grow our family. Mm, other people want to shrink theirs. Yeah. So or not let it grow at all. That's fair. <laughs> just cut it off at the pass. And most of them were like, that's fine. Yeah, o- only because my daughter doesn't have to worry about voting against your whatever that was going to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> Louis, <laughs> hey, I'm allowed to say that on your show. <laughs> yes, so. yes, you are. <laughs> well, we'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> so while we have two people that we absolutely love from New York, uh, we got to <laughs> quote the New York Post. Oh, no. Neopo. Oh, no. Neopo. <laughs> Neopo. <laughs> Nipo. Uh, there you go, Nipo. <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate us reading it that way. Yeah, and That's perfectly fine. Yeah, they'll okay. get over it. So what does Saki have to say? Calling it Nipo is more accurate than whatever they're going to report. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so Saki defends peaceful to date abortion protests at justices' homes despite legal concern. Let's go ahead and just dive. I like to dive one paragraph into this real quick and then let us just chomp. Uh, yeah, White House. I already got something I want to oh, say. I, I can see. It. I can, and we already know Lou, Louis is like. <laughs> Louis like, here we go again. Louis like, I've got my one, bottom one lip thing. tucked under my top lip to give me a second here. He's going to rant. It's lip envelope. I'm waiting for this. La envelope. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Tuesday defended protests outside the suburban homes of conservative Supreme Court justices as peaceful to date. Despite the fact that more of the potentially illegal rallies are planned Wednesday to pressure the judges to abandon a draft anti-abortion rights ruling. I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to dig any further into this, but the, the next line here. I think we pass it to Louis first. Louis! Yeah. yeah. Louis, you're, you're Get the it, Louis. Drop some dynamite on us. Okay. Kaboom. Okay. okay. <laughs> He's stretching. <laughs> here it comes. These people had the nerve Ooh. to mm. go over there. To to these judges' houses to protest and threaten them. I don't think that was peaceful. Mm -mm. They went over there to intimidate them so they could change their voting. And and then you got Kamala Harris. Uh Uh-oh, Louis' favorite. How dare they tell us what we could do with our body? You know, it's your body. But yet you're still killing people. You're yeah. killing little babies. You know, you could do whatever you want. They're not taking your rights of voting or 
taking your woman's rights away. You still got those rights. The only thing is that they don't want you killing. And then Biden, he's another one threatening them, trying to change them. You know, they, they got some nerves. These people really got some nerves. And then they talk about Trump. It's violent. <laughs> you know, it's not right. It's not right what they're doing. They're wrong, and they should be all put in jail. Lock them up? Lock them all up. <laughs> That's it. That's how we take care of it in New York. <laughs> I, just, I just like, I, I like I like the fact that you made sure to mention women's rights, because, like, I have a really... A strong sense, I, you know, I'm, I am pro-choice. I am pro-choice. That doesn't mean I'm pro-abortion. That just means I'm pro-choice uh, because I'm a libertarian. So, <laughs> hey, you know what? Don't bring it to my backyard. It's cool. Do whatever you want to in yours. I may not like it, but I'm going to let you do I'm going to allow you to do it, right? You can say the things I don't like, but that's your right to do so. Mm-hmm. But I love that you said uh, women's rights. And the reason why I say that is because it's pretty interesting that women's rights is such a big deal when it comes to abortion when they're aborting mostly, I mean, statistically, mostly female fetuses, right? Female babies. So, so you're, you're eliminating the rights of another female to live to actually be able to enjoy those rights that you're trying to save. Does that make sense, guys? Supposed rights, but yes. That's what I'm saying. You're like, the women's rights, cool, but we want to get rid of the future women who could actually enjoy those women's rights. Yeah. It's such a, such a strange... That could be our next president, that woman that you're killing too. You never know. Mm. That's right. So, yeah, um, this is my first time commenting on a political issue outside of what I've done on Facebook. And, well, we all know Facebook. Uh, Anyways, (laughs) um, when you have have a group of people Uh that go to your home, your personal address, and stand out there and protest. To me, that does not in any way, shape, or form ever say peaceful in my book. Um, that's like saying what ha- the protests that happened outside of the Benghazi uh, base back in September, uh, what was it, 2011, I think, when uh, uh, 13 hours. That's like saying that was a peaceful protest. It may have started off like that, but it doesn't always end like that. And that's like saying those protests that they have back during the Summer of Love, you know, that was peaceful. And it's like, no, there was a lot of bad stuff that happened, but it just wasn't reported. Just got conveniently left out. Yeah, or it just got buried. Like the lead got buried by, you know, all this other stuff that was just like... And it's like, you know, we had people back then that were going to restaurants. Oh, this person's going to this restaurant. How did they know about that? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to protest them right there in the restaurant and make them feel, oh, you're just this, this, and this. And it's like. I want to imagine a wall of people, right? Yeah. Like you have to make a, a sound decision. Yeah. And yeah, sure. They're not looking at you going, I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. But. Right. But. There's 50 or 60 or 70 or 100 or 200 or 300 standing there. Yeah. And yeah, just all it takes is one one match in that powder keg. Yeah. And, and, according, to, and according to today's, you know, social conscience, uh, apparently words are violent. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. If you're saying, well, it's not violent. No, no, no. You were using words. That's violence. You got to, you know, pick which one you want. Is it words of violence or words... They're just words. Just don't walk outside with your AR like McCluskey. And then, <laughs> That's what I was getting ready to say. I was oh! going to say Alito, Alito should call up, you know, his friends say, hello, Mr. and Ms. McCluskey, I got a job for you. <laughs> I'm used, about to be taken. 
Mm. I need your special set of skills. Nice. <laughs> nice. And then you got these Democrats out there saying that um, let's take it to the streets. Mm. Right. What they mean uh, by that? Chuck Schumer. That would be a quote from Chuck Schumer. Yes. Mm-hmm. What they mean by that? Take it to the street. Get Democratic Biden? Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. That's not a call to action. Just so you know the name, so mm. you know who it was. Yeah, no, that's yeah. not calling you to do anything. Just letting you know he uh, he made sure to use a call to action. Yeah. <laughs> now my thing is like if that if that person who they had doxed because that's doxing, correct? Yes. Where that's they a doxing, hey, yes, this is their address. Go to this place. That to me, first off, that's to me that's a threat. That's a direct threat. Someone is and threatening my threat. life, my livelihood, my family. By telling them, hey, this is their address. First off, that is a threat. To me, yes. that is a direct threat because it's not people that like this person. It's people that are trying to say, you don't, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't say this. So that is, to me, that's a direct threat. And I don't stand for that at all, you know? Well, because liberals say doxing doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist because there's so much information that's public public information now with the internet, right? So yeah. they're like, oh, I'm not giving you information you can't find on your own. Yeah, but you're wrapping it up with a bow and handing it out and going, this is where he is. Let's go. Yeah. And this isn't the first time we've seen this. Like I said, back during during the big, you know, all the protests that were happening, you know, while Trump, you know, President Trump was still in office, you know, it was just like, oh, it's mo- it's not it's not violent. It's only you know, it's mostly peaceful. It's like <laughs> uh, defined mostly. But like I said, you know, if there was like an equal response, like I feel directly threatened. You know, I, I'm sitting in my home and I have these people standing outside and you know they're yelling some stuff that's like, obviously, it, yeah. it, they're not going to put that. Yeah, it's not going to be pushed in the media. Abrasive. <laughs> that's putting it mildly, <laughs> I think. Mildly abrasive. But it's like, you know, if I, <laughs> if, if I responded in kind, like, get off my property, my personal property, and they refused to do that, and I responded in kind, like, okay, I have a weapon. Now... I want you to get off my property or else I will respond in kind or I will call the police, you know, one or the other. Or, hello, Mr. Eastwood, I need you to tell them to get off my lawn. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Go ahead. Make my day. But it's like, you know, to me it's like if that that had been the response where, oh, I have have a direct threat and they, that person, you know, I shot somebody, how far would I go before they'd be like, oh, this guy, look at this guy. He's terrible, you know. I think I think if you had a person that responded in kind okay. to that to to a violent crowd, uh, the person who responded, like they would be the one that would be you know t- cast down by the media. Yeah, you don't say, the first oh, look punch. at this guy; he's violence, and with you know this is a problem with people with guns, and it's like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, it's like you, it's a it's a lose lose situation no matter what to me. But uh, again, I. I I do. I consider that a direct threat when you have someone that doxes, especially obviously it's somebody in the government or someone attached to the government. It's like, hey, you know, like slipping them information under the table. Yeah. But I, yeah, it just does not sit right with me at all. It was you a know. leak. And we could talk. Well, we, we talked about the the happens the, a lot in New York. The idea of adop- <laughs> or the idea of uh, abortion uh, in a in a previous podcast, and even 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 went down the road of of how. I feel about it and everything, and, and Louis and I talked about it in, in, in length. So I'll leave that aside. Yeah. But what this particular with this particular article, uh, article saying peaceful up to this point, or however she quoted it, is this, what she's saying is peaceful for now, unless you voted a uh, way that we don't like, and then <laughs> right, it's it's a vote the way I want you to, or else, right, right, right. It's and hey, by the way, yeah, it's 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 a 
It's a covered. It's a covered yeah. threat. Yeah, I don't and, know and because the bigger issue. If my parents said or else, I knew that that was not a good thing. That but, was going to be a the or else is a bad thing. You do this or else. Here's a bad thing. Here's the bigger issue though. The, these people are going there and showing up based on what actual disinformation. Because they they I, I guarantee you, if you were to go as a man on the street and go up and ask them, what is Roe v. Wade? Mm. What what did it mean? Am I right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, my show, but yeah, the show I dropped this weekend talks about that. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, oh my gosh, if you only understood that getting rid of Roe v. Wade does not make abortion illegal, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I can't talk Stress about this enough. I can't talk about this without using four letter words, guys. I can't do it. I, I just can't do it. Can't I heard it. Brain it's wrapped a... around it, right? That's like, why you see me kind of twitching last Alan, week because you, I was you're like, leaking. <laughs> oh, so much pain. Just read the Tenth Amendment. Just, read <laughs> just for a minute. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, we were watching a video where you know um, Stephen Crowder was interviewing people, and and it was actually a very cordial. Like he wasn't being Stephen Crowder. No. He was like, I want an honest conversation with somebody. And a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, well, we, I don't want to see, you know, it revoked because I don't want to see abortion illegal. And it's like, uh, you know, that's not what that means. Just you know, gives that, the powers and, back to the states. And he would explain to them, and it's like, it. it's, it's just giving power back to the states to say, hey, this is what we want to do. We want to put limits. And it was like, oh, oh, yeah, I can get behind that. It's like... Well, and you also have to understand that most states are are progressive enough. I'm not saying progressive, yeah, like right, but they're progressive enough to go. Okay, it's been this way for so long. We'll just keep it that way. Mm. Most states are going to say, first trimester, cool. We've been doing it a long time. That's been acceptable among everyone. Seemed to be pretty cool with that. Like 80 percent of America, I think it's 68 percent or something like that of America is like, eh, I. It is what it is. I don't really like it, but I can accept it at this this level, and that's it, right? Or the other side's been like, well, I'd like it to go a little further, but at least we have something. And so I think I think if it were actually repealed, I think most states would go, mm, we'll stay here. And you got a lot of states that could make their own rules. Either they accept it or they don't That's accept true. it. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And my thing is, it's like when you start hearing stories about babies being born or the abortion failing and the baby surviving the abortion, and then they leave the... You know, they leave the child out there, and they're like, "Well, what do you want to do with this child?" It's like, like in Virginia, it's it's it's, yeah. it's born. I mean, it's life, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's no longer a cluster. Of yeah. cells. <laughs> it's not just it's not just something that's buried inside a you know a person's body. It's an actual living human being, yeah. and you're just saying, "Well, we're just going to leave it there." Yeah. And I'm like, you know, come on, Governor how, Northam, how, put the makeup down for a minute. Yeah. Stop putting the black face on, and go. And, and <laughs> it wanted and it, to be where the people are, and it made it. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't want that baby, give it to somebody that wants it. Right. There's yeah. always people out there that can't have babies and wants to adopt babies. But the problem is with with our country, and it's been a long, uh, I think, a problem since the beginning. Is the more, the more you allow things to so like, oh, you know, the big word is redefine. We love to redefine things, redefine marriage, redefine all this other stuff. And it's kind of like, well, when you push that limit, you know, you know, and we've seen it, they're going to push that limit even more. And then they're going to push it further. And then they're going to push it further. And to the point where we're like, how did it go from here to here? You know, I mean, we were just talking about, you know, uh, a 
aborting a baby because of the woman's health, you know, was threatened or something like that. It never stopped. But now they're, you know, there's a child on the table crying, breathing, and they're asking the parent, well, do you want this child to, you know. You got, you got three hours. Baby. Yeah, three <laughs> hours to decide. But it's like, how, how did we get to this point where we're just like, it's a, it's a living human being that's been born and they're still like, no, we'll just, we're just going to let it, you know. They like to right. move the goalposts and pull the rug so. out from underneath you. Right. And yeah. speaking of moving goalposts. Moving goalposts, I was going to yeah. say, uh, contrary to babies, which we want, let's talk about a press secretary we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Swapping it, secretaries. Oh, Louis got something here. This oh. fall on NBC. You, you almost had it, Alan. Sorry. <laughs> talking he said ab- one more thing. Talking about if you don't want to have an abortion, wear condoms. <laughs> they got they got needles that they shoot you so you don't have babies. They got those whatever they call those things. Those and you guys were already good. Contraceptives. You guys were already you guys were already good putting chemicals in your body that you didn't know anything about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, they, we want to legalize them now. Let, let so. me just boost that. So who's uh, what's what's the going on in there? an it's obvious there. swap at MSNBC? Ooh, you hit yeah, that. I got to get there. Yep. I got to get there because Jinsaki's going to MSNBC. Oh. <laughs> and our new, pre- our, our new press secretary, at least uh, what we're finding out from the Washington Times, believes Fox News is racist. She must have came from MSNBC. Wow. <laughs> so they just, they just traded teams here. Yeah. Says a new White House press secretary called Fox News racist and made stolen election claims. <laughs> Green Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. <laughs> is preparing to take over for Jen Psaki as White House press secretary at the end of the week. And her previous blasts at those who don't share her progressive views are drawing fresh media attention. In 2020, she said on MSNBC, oh, oh, I was joking. <laughs> that Fox News is called it. A little bit of foresight. Is, is racist, right? They're like, hey, hey, Kareem. <laughs> Keep your chair warm. We got Jen Psaki in there. Oh, wow. Um, so, wow. so, they're tw- just, so is this the, from the show Trading Places? The boom. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, it is in, a direct correlation. In, it's with the females this time. In so 20, trading spouses. In trading spouses. <laughs> and trading houses. There you go. Um, there you in go. 2019, like she urged Democrats not to attend the annual convention of the American Israel Public Affairs Committee. Oh, man. Accusing the bipartisan pro-Israel group of severely racist, Islamophobic racist. rhetoric. Yep. Okay, so. <laughs> how, how, do, how, do we, how do we feel about this? Like, we literally went from, hey, the world's racist to, hey, the world's racist, <laughs> but worse. And then when they... Um... It's more racist somehow. <laughs> it's completely racist, but it's also more racist. And then when you quote them... They say, no, it's a political thing. It was a political uh, uh, phase that I went through. You know, it wasn't true. It was just like Kamala when she was saying that Biden was prejudiced. So you know? so here's the thing. I, I smoked, but I didn't inhale. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it is here. I don't think you're ready for that. That's okay. Okay, thank you, Mr. Clinton. <laughs> and then you have Saki when she was pronouncing her. They looked like they were gonna about make up, uh, have a sex scene there in, in a minute. They were hugging and kissing each other, and she was so happy that I introduced her and everything. Uh, 
Disney might, might as well have sent down one of their producers. They had their dream come true right there. They can't afford to after I saw the next thing we're going to talk about. That's going to be that's going to be the next Disney Plus series right there. Yeah, I'm calling it right there. Louis, so- Louis Saki just, and yep, John Pierre. Yep. Yeah. Trading secretaries. Saki Pierre or swapping secretaries. <laughs> uh, swapping secretaries. That'll be the new one on on Disney Plus. I'll call him Saki Pierre. Coming this fall. So what you say? You got another article for us? You want us to dive into that already? Yeah. Oh, oh, wait a minute! They're not ready. No, 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 no. They're no, not no, ready. No. I'm so happy you mentioned Disney Plus <laughs> because coming the end of the year or at least Uh-oh. the end of the quarter, they're going to be Disney deficit. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yes, sir. They're going into the negative. <laughs> I mean, they're going to. They already did, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> just tumble right down behind Netflix. Well, right? they alienated a lot of people. Right. Go broke. Uh, go broke. Go broke. Go broke. Yeah. So, as far as the Daily Caller is concerned, where we're getting where we're getting this article, DeSantis scores legal win over new law revoking Disney's special privileges. <clears throat> oh, and that doesn't mean fast pass, everyone. Oh um, boy, a federal <laughs> or girl—they don't know. Oh, harsh. A federal judge dismissed a lawsuit Tuesday challenging Republican Florida Republican Florida governor. That was weird. That was really written strangely. That's okay. I'm not judging you. I am. He wasn't challenging <laughs> Republican. Wasn't an Florida English major. Governor. Okay. Come on, Ron DeSantis' legislation it's not his stripping Disney <laughs> of special tax privileges. Oh no. Santa signed Senate Bill 4C into law in late April to revoke special tax districts granted to Disney by the 1967 Reedy Creek Improvement Act, which gave the major entertainment company the same authority and responsibility as a county government. The governor took action following Disney's uproar over the state's parental rights and education bill that restricts the teaching of sexual orientation and gender 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 identity in K through three classrooms. So. DeSantis, my favorite guy. Let's talk about it. I kind of like your new word, genter, though. Genter. It's, it's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, yeah. You, like it. It's when you're entering into a new gender. Yeah. Right? Genter. It's gender. It's, I was gentering. I'm gentering right now. I was gentering, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Refer to him as Z. Oh, gar. Z is, n- <laughs> Z is talking. You have <laughs> gentered into the next part of your life. <laughs> well, let's, let's just put it, let's put it where it is, you know, with the perspective of Disney being a family family company that's in quotations air quotes for those now, who are listening on audio yeah sorry about that um <laughs> you know i mean even even back in the 90s you heard things i heard things even as a kid you know but i grew up watching you know walt disney films loved it animation you know it's just the art style everything was just you know it would get you that place of like wow you know i wish i could do something like that you know and uh you wanted, to be, you, you wanted to be where the people are? I did. That's fair. <laughs> You're here. Welcome. Well, you know, thanks. Do I get a, you know, what's the, the fork? <laughs> well, <laughs> a dingle hopper? A dingle hopper. Yes. Or, or a snarf scene. flat. I want a snarf flat. That's what I want. <laughs> but, you know. Once you hit a certain age, you want a snarf flat. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. But someone someone pointed out, you know, Disney Disney is not run by the CEO. He He's a figurehead. And the minority or I should say the majority now, I think more yes. so than ever, yeah. uh, runs the company. And they definitely have, even admittedly on video, on audio, that they have an agenda. And they even called it the gay agenda. So uh, the CAO, obviously he catered to that. And he said, well, he believed the whole don't say gay bill, even though that's not the official title, quote-unquote. Oh, and... 
and read even things, guys read things you know you had your hollywood types joining in like ron perlman coming in and it's like you know oh say the word just say it just say it. it's like okay yeah just go back to reading a script just go Sorry. keep you know? beating your head on a rock because it looks like he's just what? been just beating his head on a rock yeah kind of daily. What, what's that what word do you want me to say irrelevant <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> inconceivable but uh he really drugged down the show sons of anarchy i just had to say that it was a good show other than him. But it's one of those things where, you know, we, we're seeing Disney where it is, and I can almost 100% see where it's going, and it's not good. And to me, as like I said, as a childhood fan, it's sad to see that because, you know, again, there was so much in, encompassed within the company that was used for good, regardless of what their politics were, because they didn't really, didn't really hear about the politics it was more kind of like you just, it was a side, you know, like, oh, yeah, heard whispers. But now it's like, now they are like, and we're going, you know, they've gone political. Disney is now like another party right. in this yeah. country where it's like, oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, and they try to sell it like, oh, we're not politicizing this when they actually are politicizing it. But, you know. Beyond belief. Just yeah. like every other company, they're afraid of one, they're afraid of one percent. I don't oh, mean yeah. the one percent. Yeah. I mean a particular 1% of this country <laughs> yeah. that you're, you're trying to say, Hey guys, I'm a good, I'm a, we're a good company. Please. <laughs> we need the money of that 1% of you that we're trying to appeal to while we lose 20 or 30% of our, our audience. It's put that, so put that agenda in there. I, I'm not running this company. I just collecting a paycheck right now. Well, you, they got you to do govern, what you got to do. Well, they got to govern themselves, right? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For a time. For a, for a long time. Yeah, well, obviously, and they didn't have to pay taxes during that time. Not obviously, at all. DeSantis is so, changing that. During that time, they were like, phenomenal cosmic <laughs> power. <laughs> and then Ron DeSantis, yeah, Ron DeSantis goes, uh, I think you're going to pay taxes now, and we're going to go ahead and govern your land. It'll be living space. It's very true, very true. They are now Jafar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're not genie. They're Jafar now. One too many snakes on the head. Yeah. <laughs> One too Does many. Does that mean the tickets are going to go up? Of course, they got to oh, pay taxes yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, they they paid for Star Wars. I didn't want to go in the first place. <laughs> they paid for Star Wars, and now they're going to really pay for Star Wars because <laughs> they're not really. The the fans have kind of like yeah, Chewie's Chewie's walking out like I'm done with this. I thought you I thought you growled. No, I'm I'm talking now. I'm tired of using Wookie. Yeah, the Wookie is gonna walkie. Yeah, he's. <laughs> ah, Han Solo's gone. I'm 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 out of here. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm, they I'm, they ruined Star Wars. Blowing this popsicle stand. I know that uh, Florida people used to play half price. That means they're going to they? pay full price now. They'll pay double. They're going to pay double, man. Did you say you vote conservatively? <laughs> Quadruple, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whatever the sign says. Whatever the sign says. I just. I love. I just. I sit back and I enjoy watching a bunch of a bunch of liberals get super upset over this mm. when they shot down Amazon and they hate Amazon. They hate all these tax <laughs> breaks other places get. And they think what well, tax breaks they think they get when they don't realize that a lot of the tax breaks that these these large companies that are coming into areas that first of all they're temporary tax breaks. They're not what was this 1967? We're talking 45 years of just being able to govern yourself and not pay taxes. We're talking these other places like an, like an Amazon facility, like one that went to New York, supposed to go to New York and AOC shot it down. Hey, just saying she's my mortal enemy. Anyway, I'm so <laughs> oh, no. nay means nay. <laughs> nay means nay. Um, <laughs> loved, loved your work last Saturday, last Saturday, Sunday. Um, 
this close to winning that triple crown, I think. So, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> hang on. When these companies, when, when you okay. wish upon a star, <laughs> makes no difference who you are. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Jiminy. <laughs> but you know they don't they don't realize that these companies come in and they provide. They provide jobs, right? So it's right. not, and they're like, oh, who cares about the jobs? Well, yeah. I don't know. Um, everybody in the area where they're going to be going, first of all. And second of all, those people are going to be paying taxes. So when you provide a service that betters an area and you not only do that, but you employ thousands upon thousands of people who also are now going to pay taxes. So now they get tax revenue from people they wouldn't have gotten tax revenue from. Mm. Mm. Kind of seems like a net gain. I don't know, yeah. but I mean, with her economics degree, eh, eh, I can understand. So, um, so you could have nice roads in Florida. Yeah, there you go. Now, yeah, now we shoot back down to Florida. It's like, hey guys, I, you don't want them to, you want them to pay tax. You're mad that they're gonna have to pay taxes, but you didn't like these other places that didn't have to pay taxes. I, I'm trying to understand where this is going. So that that is my personal love this week was well. watching just. Alan. My favorite place shouldn't have to pay taxes. But Alan, they want the best of both worlds. Okay. Oh, they, the they can't. They, you, you just well, don't now throw in a knowledge. Whole new world. Don't throw wisdom in their face. What's that? <laughs> so, well, now they're in a whole new world. Yeah, and it's not a, it's not a world you want to explore. Don't you I dare don't close think. your eyes. Right. right. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> Is it over yet? <laughs> no, it's not. Don't do it. Don't do it. No, no. Don't do it. No, no, no. But it's oh but gosh. it's one of those things. Someone someone said, you know, dis- companies like Disney, uh, you know, they think, well, we're going to push you into this because you want what we have. You want the entertainment we have, the the parks that we have. But I've heard, you know, uh, there's a pr- uh, gentleman that I listen to on YouTube. I won't plug it because we don't know him. But I mean, he he speaks a lot of truth, and it's like these people depend on you. And it's obviously if you think, oh, you know, people like, oh, Star Wars or these other series where it's like, you know, Marvel, because all these are now Disney. It's like, oh, if, if we, well, if we just wait, we're going to see a movie that, that rem- is rem- reminiscent of the stuff we used to love that used it's, to come out of Marvel or Disney. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're just feeding into it, and they're just seeing that you're feeding into it. So they're going to keep putting out stuff that we don't agree with. And he said, basically, what it is is they don't like you if you don't line up politically or socially with what they try to push. Then they don't like you. They but, want your money, but still. they'll always love they your money. Always want your money, but they it's, don't. It's like, are you going to support a company that, you know, obviously pushes this now because it's not even like, you know, it's not even behind closed doors. It's like we're seeing this now. How much they are just like, oh, we're we're doing this political social movement, and if you don't like it, well, you take your money else. Well, they're not going to tell you, you know, give us your money still, but we don't like you. We don't That's know. why we got to keep creating <laughs> things like this, where you have alter- alternative media yes. that can turn to things like the Daily Wire, yeah. things like the Blaze Network, things yeah. like right over here at Revolver Broadcasting, our home. Um, you know, someone even said, "This is the time if you are a comic book artist or writer." And you have this idea, I want to get into comics, start your own company. Put out your own comics because this is the perfect time. The best thing that is coming out for comics right now is not from our country anymore. It is manga from like Japan. 
that is the stuff that is hitting big right now. Comics, DC, Marvel, the two big ones, and even some of the smaller ones are not doing great. Uh, yeah, I'd say for now, call Glenn Beck or from from Blaze, or or call up uh, Ben Shapiro, and, and you know, or email him or whoever you would reach out. And as eventually, you know, if, if we start getting the bills paid over here at Revolver Broadcasting, <laughs> looking I would at you guys. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, show me would, the money you know in the future we would love to employ you so you know you got to mm. comment you got to share you got to describe subscribe get us out there because when we're, when we're this all- thing blows up and we start real pa- passing out paychecks we want to pass out paychecks to animators we want to pass out paychecks to people that are going to create alternative media writers good media. i want writers i want it's, writers so oh bad. yes writers editors okay. yes absolutely. well i don't Everything. want to toot my own horn here but i'm tooting my own horn that's sorry <laughs> he is a, no, he's, but he's I, I do enjoy writing, uh, but that's my thing. Yeah. It's like I'm looking at, like, you know, I go back to my childhood. Disney was, like, one of those places I would love to work. You just had this picture in your head of, oh, I would love this. And it's like I'm kind of glad I didn't go into it because I'd probably be, I'd probably be, you know. It'd know, be living space. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be living out of a cardboard box, basically, you know, you know, right for, you know, that starving artist thing. But it's like, you know, this is this is where we're at, though. Create the alternate to Disney. Create these other places. If you feel like you have something, a story that you want to tell, this is the time to do it because there are a lot of people that are hungry for that type of thing, for what Disney and Marvel used to bring. And this is the time to do it. You could probably hit big if you're just out there telling stories and not pushing politics or social justice. You're just... I want to tell a great story. I want to show great art. Absolutely. I want to do something that's creative that brings other people, you know, stirs their imagination. It's like, oh, yeah, I want to do that too. That's what Disney and Marvel and DC used to be, sadly. I think they can get back there again, but I think they're going to before that happens. Or, Sorry, or, Louis. You, you, you I want to add something. <laughs> oh, oh we, we ran out of time. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, zero. man. We went down to zero. Well, Talking about inspiration. If they're not creative, they can give us their money directly, and we'll we'll create more programming, like the Laughing Libertarian, Faith Family Politics. There you go. Rodriguez Rants. Rodriguez Rants. We're waiting for that, buddy. That's coming soon. I know. I'm so stoked. I saw some pilots. (laughs) I'm going to start a series. It's called The Peanut Gallery. So (laughs) I just throw in random comments and noise effects. (laughs) I'd watch that. Do you want to lead us out in prayer? Yeah, there we go. And then we'll uh, uh, I'll finish think, it up. I think we'll leave it to our guest here. Are we gonna, did a good job. Give, give us a prayer, and then we'll, we'll close it all up nice all and right. put a little Disney bow on it, like a Minnie Mouse bow. It's not polka dot in anymore now. It, it goes on it Mickey. Away the and it goes on dots. Mickey as well. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. All right. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time we've had together. We thank you, Lord, for the fun time we've had. We thank you, Lord, for the fact that you help us to find common ground with those we may not agree with. Or, uh, But, Lord, we always can find common ground, Lord, because of who you are and what you do in our lives. And so, we, Lord, we just ask that your blessing be upon the rest of this evening. Be with those who are listening in or watching. Lord, you know the needs that they may have, you know, the struggles they may be going through. And I ask that you would just be with each one who is within the sound of our voice. So we thank you for this time we've had together. We ask your blessing upon each of us as we leave. Give us traveling mercies. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing what you have in store for us the next time. And uh, with all we say and do, we want to just give you all the praise and all the glory and honor. In your name. Amen. 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 That's what you close right there. 
Well, everyone, we thank you for tuning in this week for episode 19. 19. Obviously, next week's going to be a special episode, 20. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm looking forward to being on, hopefully. Yeah. Not, not as a host. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> we got to give that honor to Josh. Definitely, 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 definitely. So, to my left here, Lou Rodriguez, Louis. future host of Rodriguez Rants. Thank All right. For having me. We absolutely have to have you, buddy. You're, you're the, the heart and soul. Thank you. We have, I don't know who I want to go with next. Well, we'll go with our, our special guest here, <laughs> Jeremy Hess. You got to end it with the big man, the little man. Big, Somebody. Big little man. Somebody. <laughs> little big man. The, the other guy. The other guy. The other guy. Jeremy I'm Hess. that other guy. The other Jay. Yeah. No, it's uh, it was a pleasure being here. It was nice to meet Louie and Alan. And I know this guy, so I, Sorry. I can't say anything nice about him <laughs> that I already have, haven't already said. So Thank there you. you go. I appreciate that. But no, it's uh, I, I've watched a couple of the podcasts now just to kind of get a taste for it. And uh, a lot of good things that I've heard. And uh, like I said, this is this is great for me because it kind of gets me engaged and uh, putting myself out there. This was something that I wanted to do at some point, but it's just finding the time to do it. Hey, you're saying yeah. things in a place where it's harder for them to bait, <laughs> yes. unlike that book. But I do I do <laughs> like being able to to be able to t- talk about this. It you know lessens the burden of like pulling my hair out. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's been a blessing. So to have thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This has been, this has been great. Thank you. And of course we have Josh Cummins, the, the regular host bringing us the word here. I'm just regular. He's, he's regular. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's more like a, a Venti on par. Yeah. Just, yeah. Venti. Uh, he's definitely ounce, not a tall. Ounces. Yeah. <laughs> bringing you the message this week. Fantastic job, sir. Got to have faith. I know. Got to have Absolutely. Faith. And I appreciate you putting me in the seat. So <laughs> that makes me the special host. That's why you get the red mic. It's the fire The mic. red mic. Fire of power. <laughs> thank you for letting me annoy you guys. Uh, thank you guys. I appreciate this opportunity. I'm Alan McFarland. This is Faith, Family, and Politics. Please like, subscribe, and share. Just share. And come back next week. Thanks again. Comment.